The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode discusses stories of domestic abuse. If you or a loved one needs help, contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233 or text START to 88788 or visit thehotline.org. Hey, y'all. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Let's Red Table That. I'm Tracy T. Rowe. And I'm Cara Presley. Listen, like the rest of the season, we are back to the tough topics and have a pretty tough episode ahead of us today. Yes. But I'm still feeling successful about it. How are you feeling, Tracy? You know what? I'm happy to hear that you're successful. You know, I am I am grateful. I am mm-hmm. everyday amazing, of course, but also grateful because... We're talking about domestic violence and this upcoming episode that we're going to talk about has some hard hitting stuff in it. Like Shia went through it. She and did, then man. it wasn't just her, it was her mom, her sister, and all the other family members that we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Being in a position where you go through something, when right. you're in a unit, mm-hmm. when you go through it, everybody goes through it, whether you That's know they're fact. going through it or not, right? And right. so to have them at the table and to be able to share that and be in support of Shia was really positive. They let Shia have her space at the table first. True. Just come on out here, tell your story, not just Ashanti's little sister led mm-hmm. by Ashanti and mm-hmm. then the mom and then the sister. They just let her have her moment mm-hmm. at the table to really relate and really just get it out in her way. It's super therapeutic. That's why I'm excited about our guest today as well. We get to talk to someone who's also gone through it because it's a different experience. It We're is. always on the outside looking in. I fortunately have not had to experience something as physical as what everyone has. I've dealt with someone verbally abusive. I mean, mm-hmm. that, of course, has levels to it from a mm-hmm. verbal, verbally abusive teacher or coach to actual partner. But, mm-hmm. of course, that physical hits another level. So I'm going to tell you something. And we haven't had a lot of opportunity to talk about abuse. Mm-hmm. But, Kara, so many people have mm-hmm. had physical, emotional, and verbal abuse in their life. And I am no exception. 
Okay. Right. right. I was in a relationship forever and ever ago, and it was physical. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. It wasn't as violent as what we saw on this episode, but it was violent enough for me. And for me to have not immediately left, and like Shia and like so many others, I didn't tell my family. Mm -hmm. I shielded and protected the abuser. And I did get to a point, it didn't take me seven times, but I did get to a point where I left. And Mm -hmm. that was really the catalyst for me leaving Michigan and moving back to Memphis in addition to being able to support my dad through Mm -hmm. some health issues. But it was a fantastic opportunity, okay? But I want you to know, it got to the point for me where Mm -hmm. it was literally either I'm going to go to jail or I'm going to go to the morgue. Listen, and I need more than four walls, okay? So I appreciate that you decided that you didn't like any of those four-walled situations. It was time to go. And Mm -hmm. so I completely empathize with Shia Mm -hmm. and all of the other people and including our guest today. You just think about it could happen to anybody. Yes, nobody's exempt. That's the interesting part because I am happy we have the guest today because more people do need to share their story so that Mm -hmm. you know that you're not alone out there. You Mm -hmm. know, so many people who think that they're alone. I don't care if you got a speeding ticket this morning, Mm -hmm. you think you're alone and you're the only one and... The world's picking on you, but I promise you're not alone. And we're really here to help each other. So I had an opportunity to sit down. I had dinner with the abuser some years after the fact. Did you? I did because I had to, it was a healing process for me, but I also realized that I had to let go of some unforgiveness because I was holding on to it. And it was just like the baggage that I was carrying Mm. when I was in the midst of it. Right. Right. And I let go of it. And I had to say, look, I want to apologize for my part in this toxicity. Mm-hmm. I want to forgive you and know that I played a part in this, whatever the part was, even if it was just being the victim of it. And I know people are going to say, what do you mean you apologize? I understand. Though. But I'm saying for me, you understand right. what I'm saying? Absolutely. That it was to let me off the hook emotionally to say, right. okay, I've not only healed from it physically, I'm healing from it emotionally, and I can release you and surrender my unforgiveness of it. Mm. And we don't really talk about that. And no, so, I love the great Chrisette Michelle made one song that talked about it. Blame it on me. She said, blame it on me, please. Blame it and on I me. I felt that song in my spirit. Yes. I did not have a final dinner. I didn't have a last supper. I, I, I applaud your last supper. But baby, I said, blame it on me. And I left and never looked back. So I, I understand the need for that closure. And I do think it looks different for all of us. So hey, I'm going to tell you what. It looked, oh, okay. Can we talk I'm, about it? It looked yeah. different for the person I was with. Do you I know she did. had to know? Let me tell you what, Carl. She had the nerve to tell me. What do you mean? See, it's a denial we were in an abusive me. relationship, and I was like, "What the heck, oh, Jacqueline? How are you talking about? Were we in the same relationship? See? Child, we fighting in the closet, fighting in the bedroom, oh. fighting in the dining room, fighting in the living room. You talking about you don't know? So, see, this goes see? back to what we're talking about. These people who are narcissistic, they just have these blackouts. And let's talk about. Let's be honest, like. I think there are a lot of people who enter a relationship with a certain ideal. Absolutely. And then we never, of course, until Fairy we're in tale. it, we never think about, well, how did you grow up? Are you used to 
violence, abuse, and loud noises. Right. I don't know. I like to sit in silence sometimes. Come on, I mean, fairy I mean, telling. <laughs> right. It literally <laughs> could go from I yeah. eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner to a person who eats one meal a day, like something so small, a nuance yeah. of how we just maybe are not in alignment. And of course, it's a drastic distance when we're really talking about this domestic violence and abuse. Right. But, um, but still, there are differences. Yep. I shared that not only to yes. be fully transparent and let the listeners know, so y'all hear me. Beautiful, bright future, positive, sunny outlook, happy to support Mm -hmm. other people. I do it as a business now to help people affirm themselves. But I was in that thing. See? I was in that thing. And Shia, beautiful, talented. She, But she was in it. And so it happens to all of us. And she did get her moment. She did get her moment at the table. And I was grateful for that. Absolutely. And being the sister, you mentioned this, being the sister of someone who's a superstar Mm -hmm. celebrity like Ashanti has its own challenges, right? That part, that part. She mentioned that. She tapped into it at the table of just, I didn't even realize because, number one, Foolish, that whole album, it was self-titled Ashanti, but Foolish was a song on that album that came out. I'll never forget because I had just had my son. But Mm -hmm. I didn't realize her sister was 13. I remember her sister speaking on the album and talking. And I was just like, wow, time has Definitely passed us. Let me just do a quick shout out to Jada Gammy and Willow. Season five, y'all have taught us some stuff this season, okay? (laughs) Baby, I have have some language. (laughs) Do we not have some terms? We We got got all the language. language. I can see me now in my next relationship. Like, number one, you will not gaslight me. (laughs) No love bombing. No love bombing, no breadcrumbing, no dumping. It's so many phrases, but baby, we're going to be healed and whole (laughs) moving forward, right? That's exactly right. I'm excited for it. And we're happy that Shia is in the process of her own healing and wholeness journey, too. Absolutely. Shout out to you, Shia, and for your support from your beautiful mother and sister, Ashanti. And I'm going to say this. I'm grateful that they went to therapy, that she said that the four of them went to therapy. And that was something, remember, Ashanti was like, oh, no, do I need to go? I love that she said, but my sister ain't good. So this is good for her gonna be good for me like yeah. that is the part too that people need to understand in family like Ashanti said it straight I'm fine <laughs> we know mm-hmm. we see you sis we see mm-hmm. you but mm-hmm. I love that she said maybe let me mm-hmm. just go anyway I yeah. love that yeah. as a family as a whole unit she got the support she needed and that's what so many other people want is the support for so sure. bravo to them bravo to the Douglas family Now it's time to share what our online Red Table Talk community has to say about this episode. Candace Denise said, as a domestic abuse survivor, I can't describe the feeling I have watching this. I pray for her continuous healing and spreading her story. I love that because healing is definitely ongoing in this situation. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Candace. Mm -hmm. Steph Beaton Thank you for your comment and all the love and support. You said, my beautiful daughter has just come through the same kind of trauma and it has devastated our little family. But we are standing strong and united. We are a long way off fixed, but we are headed in a positive direction now. Big love from Australia RTT family. Big love right right back to you. We love that. And see, truly, people all over the world. All over the world listening. We appreciate y'all. Last but certainly not least, 
Danielle Langford said, I wish there was a therapist at the table to offer hope and resolutions for those watching needing help now. So sorry she experienced such trauma. Listen, we are all sorry that I think anytime we hear a story to this magnitude, we all wish we could save them or fix them. But I just need y'all to know it's hope and help on the other side. But thank you for your comment. It was. And it would have been great to have had a therapist's perspective just to kind of support them through that. And then to help us through it. Because there are other people who are learning as they go with the Mm -hmm. table, Mm -hmm. with every episode. We're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we'll be joined by our incredible guest from the Red Table Talk community. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. We're excited to welcome Jenny Bean to Let's Red Table That. Although I'm super excited because she is someone I personally know, the topic with which we're discussing is not that excited because Jenny, like Shia, is a domestic violence survivor. And she's here today to share her story and help others who have experienced or who are experiencing this now feel less alone and less ashamed because domestic violence is never the fault of the victim. Thank you so much for being here with us and being willing to share your story. And welcome again to the Let's Red Table That virtual table, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kari and Tracy, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you here. This is the part of the show where we reveal which moments made us pause, rewind, and listen again. Wait, wait, what? And there were what? S- several in this episode <laughs> that Woo. we're going to get into. I know we're going to help somebody as we get into these. Let me just jump into it. This was probably one of the most powerful moments when she had called herself irresponsible mm. for going back to her abuser and Jada, Gam, and Willow all stopped and corrected her. Prior to this, I had had a miscarriage. And so it was... I believe a play on my mind Mm. because I wanted to have a child and have a family. Looking back, it was irresponsible on my behalf. I don't know if that's the right term. Yeah. Responsible. No. No. Uh -uh. When we love people, Mm -hmm. we really want to believe that they can change. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up for that. Listen, this was an important reminder yeah. that everyone's story is more complicated than we might think. That's and right. it's never okay to victim blame. Bless her heart. How yeah. did y'all feel about that? I think I feel what she's saying, mm-hmm. but irresponsible. I feel like it's more maybe like shame or shameful mm. that you went back. And I feel like that's why Jada, yeah. Gam, and Willow stopped her. Like, yeah. don't call yourself irresponsible or don't even... Blame? Did you did you feel like maybe when you were in your situation before you you know how they say hindsight is twenty twenty while you were in it were you even blaming yourself or making excuses and then you got away and were like you know what I was right I knew I should have moved in this direction and now mm-hmm. I know like as they say when you know better do better did you feel that at all 
I think it's hard in the moment you're blinded. I don't know that I blamed myself initially, but the more you're in it, domestic violence always comes with manipulation also. Mm -hmm. You justify. Okay. Or you rationalize like, okay, maybe if I had done something differently or Mm -hmm. maybe if I didn't do this, it wouldn't have triggered that or it wouldn't have provoked that. I shouldn't have said this to keep it going. I'm a woman and this is a grown man older Mm -hmm. than me. And I wasn't going to accept blame for his actions, but I justified or tried to rationalize why he did what he did and what my part in it was. The other wait what moments was when she has shared that her abuser knocked her teeth out. After she simply Mm. asked, like, what are you doing coming home at 7 o'clock? He gaslighted her. I kind of came back, too. And I'm like, I see the blood. And I was in so much shock. Like, it, it, like... It's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. It's like, you, you hit me. You, You broke my teeth. And he was like... No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You you hit your face on the railing. You hit your face. I, I pushed you and you hit your... So in that moment, he was trying to yep. manipulate what even had occurred. And a lot of what we've learned, this gaslighting goes hand in hand with this. Mm-hmm. So when you say that you weren't trying to justify it, but you were trying to rationalize and reason with it, what amount of gaslighting do you think played a part in that? So you can't do one without the other, right? I don't feel like you can be a victim of just the violent part. You're also a victim of the mental and the emotional part as well. While the physical abuse is what sticks out the most. Mm -hmm. So oddly enough, I too actually have had my front teeth knocked out and Mm. not completely, but broken in half. For the abuser, it's physical. But for the victim, it is physical, but more than anything is, again, the mental and the emotional. So the gaslighting mm-hmm. is what is like the boa constrictor around mm-hmm. you that makes you tolerate the physical because mm-hmm. the physical will heal. I got new bottom teeth, right? It goes away, but you replay the mental, you replay the emotional, you replay the words, you replay mm-hmm. that part of it. It could be a simple question. With no tone to your voice, no attitude, no neck roll, no eye roll while you're saying it. You approach them as if they're actually somebody worthy to be approached because you're already on eggshells. Mm. And nine times out of ten, it's because she was right. Mm -hmm. Or it's because Mm -hmm. she called him on his BS. Mm -hmm. Or because she saw through the gaslighting and had something to say about it. Or the question was going to have to require an honest answer. And instead, they deflect. And that was the deflection because what's she going to say now? She's got her teeth knocked out or she fell down and hit her head. They didn't do that to you. The conversation's over. Anything to take it off of them. And that completely ends the question, right? And the Yeah, and the, there is no conversation. That's all that was said. <laughs> that was it. And Listen. then I bet you she won't ask him again. Right. And then guess what? That allows him to come home at 7 a.m. again because <laughs> last time she asked, why are you coming home right. at 7? She knows. Right. What happened? She right. has a daily reminder, a mental and emotional scar of a mm-hmm. reminder, and she won't ask no more. Going to this last wait, what? 
she has said that she doesn't use the language of victim and survivor anymore. And I think that's like a way she's trying to reclaim her own power. It feels like to me, I want to, she wants to change the narrative or direct the narrative and maybe even not saying she's like the other survivors or victims. I think she just wants to be transparent for her stories. It's interesting that you don't want to use the word victim Victim. and survivor. Mm -hmm. Because I look at it like this. So when you're labeling yourself as a victim or survivor, in order for you to truly heal, you have to detach from that narrative that this was an experience that's taught me. This is an experience that I've now risen above. So you're taking your power back in that way. Jenny, what terms do you feel are the truest or which terms empower you being someone who has also gone through a similar situation? I spent a decade, an entire decade from the time I was 17 until 27 with the same person, the same Mm -hmm. abuser. I have two children with him that are teenagers now. I just really came through a whole 10 years Mm. of some really tragic things that is not for the weak. But to agree with Shia, I have never been like, oh yeah, I'm a domestic violence survivor. I'm a victim of domestic violence. I have shared my story and I have talked openly about it. I have absolutely no shame in what happened to me and how long I stayed and what I tolerated or I left and went literally what fit the statistic of you leave seven times before you stay gone Mm. I left and went back eight times I don't like the terms honestly victim or survivor because I feel like that enables people to look at you like with sympathy no I totally get that that you wanted you identify that it was 10 years in your life's journey Mm -hmm. but it was not the sum total of your life Let's continue to talk about this whole episode as a whole. I know we talked about some pieces and moments, but overall, what did you think of this episode? How did you guys feel about it? I can tell you, I have a lot of respect for women that are open Mm -hmm. and are vulnerable to share their experiences with domestic violence. I am grateful that it was at the table because it's important for people to see that even though you may be the sister of or the person connected to a celebrity or that you're living some kind of lifestyle that people think on the outside in, you can have horrible traumas happening to you. Yes. I honestly feel like, one, it's not openly spoken on enough in regular everyday conversations. Mm -hmm. I feel like women are timid to bring it up. And I'll be honest, it took me a long time. And it took me, I think, just life experiences to develop kind of the confidence or mindset and attitude that this is what happened to me because I was embarrassed and I was ashamed because anyone and everyone who has not gone through it, if someone knocks your teeth out, you're cutting them off. It's not the same with your love or your spouse or your partners. I want to know more about what's happened. You started dating, you said from 17 to 27. So you started dating your ex when you were 17 and you were together Mm -hmm. for that full decade. When Mm -hmm. did the abuse begin and what point did you realize you were being abused? So at 17, I, he was five years older than me. I moved away to go to college. And when I moved away to go to college, he 
was totally separate from what I was used to or what I had grown up around or what I had been used to just like wooed me off my feet Mm. because he was a little bit older. He kind of knew what to do. He knew what to say. He was very smooth, very much a player with it. And it was, it just like you were so deep before you really knew it. And during that time frame, there was no physical abuse. There was no, none of that going on. So he was charming and love bombing mm -hmm. you and just, you know. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to like narcissistic behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what we found? I mean, just from this season alone for Red Table Talk, Jenny, so many people have an underlying common denominator of narcissism. So at what point did the abuse start? How many years in? Probably about six months. Oh, wow. Mm. What was, do you remember what the first yep. incident was? So it doesn't start off like super tough, right? So we were actually like hanging out with friends at their apartment because it was kind of like a college town and stuff like that. I was in college. And so he brought his friends and cousin and and then I had two of my girlfriends with me. And so we were just a group hanging out. And so one-on-one, I couldn't honestly tell you what instigated the issue. I can't remember. I truly can't. But I remember specifically him asking, like, can he talk to me and pulling me aside in Mm -hmm. one of the rooms in the home. Mm -hmm. And when he got in there, he shut the door and then he just smacked the life out of me to where I just fell to the ground. What? Didn't say anything right away. Didn't tell me what the issue was. Didn't. I mean, I was caught so off guard. I had never had hands laid on me before mm. ever oh my gosh. and so I was so overwhelmed and so shocked and it was like I froze yeah. I was so numb like smacked me hard enough to knock me to the ground oh my god and I didn't know I didn't know how to react I didn't know what to think or what to say and I remember being on the floor just like curling myself up and bawling because I, my for one it did hurt mm-hmm. I had never been hit like that before in mm-hmm. my face And I just remember being like scared to the pit of my stomach. He waited a minute and then got down on the ground with me and held me and consoled me. I was like, I'm so sorry. You made me mad. You made me look. Yeah. You, this is what happened. You made me mad. It was because I was talking too much to one of the dudes that he brought with him. And Mm. so or that's what his excuse right. was for it. And right. he overreacted and he's sorry and mm. he loves me. And so then I was like, oh, so he was jealous of me talking to someone else. He does love me. He does care about me. Mm. I've never had anyone get so angry with me over talking to someone else. Right. And so I was like, in a sick way, took it as like flattering, right? Absolutely. I, I, totally not say, it, I don't yeah. even want you to say in a sick way. Like, this is no, kind of yeah. like the moment at the table. Like, you loved him. That was it. And he was abusing that that privilege. You know, it's a privilege to, to love on each other. And right. unfortunately, he knew how to manipulate it. Yeah. This might be a perfect time to actually talk a little bit about what did you envision your future with your ex to look like? I was going to love him through his hurdles and his habits. And then we would look back on it someday like, oh, we made it through so much. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I kept holding on to that Mm. delusional fantasy, even through 10 years that he was going to change and it didn't change. It got worse. So it it went from a slap on the face to Mm. me actually having to go to Ulta and Sephora to buy tattoo cover up makeup to cover 
the bruises on mm. my face to go to work or the bruises mm. on my neck to go to work or mm. having to call in because my jaw was too swollen to go to work. I, I am glad that you are out of that situation. Me I know too. it is a part of your story. Tell us what your future looks like now that you are a part. What dreams do you have for your future self and what dreams are you accomplishing? I don't know. If you had told me I was as far as I am now doing what I'm doing now, I would have probably laughed because I didn't think that I was capable of Mm -hmm. doing more and doing better because again, and I keep referring to it, the mental and emotional last with you, right? I just had a, and I'm not going to lie to you. I am actively seeking therapy from a specialized therapist in this area because what happens is it's like a chemical dysregulation. And so after so many years of the trauma, whether it's mm-hmm. physical, emotional, mental, sexual, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it, your nervous system becomes yes. so dysregulated. It right. is literally like you are a drug addict. And so right. you get so addicted to the dysregulation and the dysfunction mm-hmm. that if it is not chaos and if it is not suffering or painful you feel like something is off which is the opposite of how we're intended to live right and so and your body remembers the trauma it holds it and it shifts you it alters you posturing for it too just you talking took some of the stigma away from being able to talk to people that have had this kind of experience because oh absolutely you're so free with it normalize not being okay it mm. is okay to not be okay. It will not define your future. It does mm-hmm. not dictate your future. And there's something on the other side. And right. there is always, always yeah. something on the other side. Always. I think that that is there the is. ultimate way to finish this, to know that it is okay not to be okay. That's phenomenal, okay. Jenny. That's phenomenal. Thank you. Thanks thank you. So thank much. you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. We're going to take a short break right now. And when we return, we'll welcome a mental health expert for our mental health moment. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back with another vitally important mental health moment. Today, we get to welcome someone I've been a fan of for some time, Alice Gresham. Alice runs an outpatient mental health department as well as her own mental health consulting firm. She's a therapist, trauma interventionist, consultant, speaker, and the reason I know her, a TikTok creator. 
Alice is on a mission to normalize therapy for our Black and Brown communities, and we are thrilled she is with us today to help further that cause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us at the virtual red table today, Alice. Thank you. I'm delighted to be a guest. And yeah, we got to get folks in tune with how to get healed because I, I can't be all these queens be broken down. I'm like, we ain't got no more time. Come on. That's exactly Absolutely. right. <laughs> time to move. You said in a recent TikTok video that we do not have to respond to everyone's expectation that we show up to holiday events and entertain our family members. You were talking about Thanksgiving, but I'm looking ahead to Christmas and all the gatherings my family will want to have. How do we turn down the invites or set boundaries without hurting our family or worse yet, starting an argument? I think it's an important question for this season because primarily depression is up. So mm -hmm. it's a time of year where we're supposed to be around those who love us and maybe those who raised us. But for everyone, that isn't a great experience. So many of us go through holidays in a performative way and really don't have a wonderful time because there are folks around who basically try to dig into our business and always have something caught, especially the old lady gang. You know who they are. Yes. All the aunties who can't, you know, yeah. you should, did you get, girl, did you gain some weight? Uh, are you married yet? Mm. So we want to minimize those kinds of experiences, especially if you're on a healing journey. And the mm -hmm. way to do that is to set some boundaries about where you will and will not go and what you will and will not answer if you choose to go to these family events. You have mm -hmm. every right to decide not to go and instead focus on self-care. And if you do go and you are a people pleaser or an introvert, there are plenty of ways to smile and laugh off a question and tee-hee-hee -hee on into the next room. <laughs> I like it. I like I it. I love it. Tee-hee-hee to the next room is a good one. Y'all take that tip. That's good right there. Right. <laughs> Listen, I love it. If I don't want to answer it, I just say, I don't think that's my ministry to answer that. I have no problem. So I'm yes, in alignment Tyra, with that you, is right. Alice. Listen, I'm completely on board with your message of taking time to rest too during the holidays because napping is my ministry. I, yes, I'm ordained. Is. Okay. I know how to take a nap. <laughs> And that does not waver during these holidays. I'm going to take my nap. But there are other kinds of rest besides the physical, like mental and sensory. So can you share what the different types of rest are and how we can identify which type of rest we need when we feel tired? Okay, that's an excellent question, too. One of the primary ways to get rest is to learn how to set boundaries using the word no, because we're super women. And we have to respond yes to almost everything that we're asked or whomever does request help or a favor or girl, would you cover this for me? We feel obligated to do it just because we can. But I would describe to people three ways in which you can use a boundary to get yourself some rest. And one is to say simply, no, thank you. I don't think I'll be coming this year. No, I don't believe that's going to be for me. And then the third, which is my favorite, is, bitch, I said no. <laughs> Let them know. Sometimes you got to go there. Everybody it, doesn't have the same communication style. And that's I mean, right. You have to appeal that. to everybody, right? <laughs> I love it. In the true form that is Alice, all things. I was waiting for it. I was like, okay. It's coming. Well, you know how some people miss the social cues the first yes. time. So the most direct way was number three. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and if they don't get that, it's just time to turn around and walk away. Right. Listen, yes. how can women know like 
because sometimes we just keep going and going. What are some telltale mm-hmm. signs to let a woman know, you know what, you actually need to get some rest? How will we know? Men and right. women too, right, Car? Right. Everybody. Everybody need a nap. So I like to describe the pebble brick and the house methods. So the pebble is when you feel a little bit run down and you decide maybe you need to just stay in your jammies on a Saturday and watch Netflix or whatever because you're feeling a little run down. But if you ignore that and you continue to do laundry and housework and go pick up this Mm -hmm. and do this and take care of uncle so-and-so and auntie such-and-such, then the brick will come, which is usually a flu or a cold, um, or in this case, your second round of COVID as the way to tell you, you're doing too uh-huh. much. You are only human. Uh-huh. And so you need some rest. And then the third, of course, is the house. And some of us are already experiencing that, which is really sort of the symptoms of long COVID that have stayed with you because your immune system has been depressed for so long. When you got hit with the first round, it couldn't rebound in the way that it does for some people. So now many of us are down with long COVID and those unusual, bothersome, concerning symptoms. So you make a decision to sit down before you fall down. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's good. Because I'm going to tell you something. I had a pebble moment Sunday. I had a pebble Mm. moment Sunday where Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little tired. I got a lot of stuff that I could do, but I stayed in the bed. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just going to be in bed. And so I didn't know it was a pebble brick or a house because I've been at house mode and it's not what you want. Okay. Hello. Stop the So when you learn, you don't want to do the house anymore. I remember I heard Oprah describe some things using that metaphor a long time ago. And at this point in my life, I respond to all pebbles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I have a headache that stays around too long, yes. that means take some time off. If I have indigestive disorders, which occur mm-hmm. when we have a lot of anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. I also, does anybody else get this like lump in the side of their neck? Depends. Like when you get too Oh my stressed? goodness, yes. <laughs> you can feel, literally feel. Literally it. feel it. And I'm going to tell you, that pebble, I get massaged out. I go every Hello. month and get a therapeutic massage. Yeah, so things like twice. that, creating a regular massage schedule. One of the things I've done recently is to redo my bedroom to be surrounded mm. by all things luxury. Girl, I bought one of them hotel yes. misters. <laughs> yes, luxury. Aroma. Oh, I have a yep. new life every time I come home. Yes. And take off my shoes and put on my pajamas and hit that little mister. Nice. Mm. I love it. Okay, that sounds like we pure gotta luck. take care of us. Cara and I were just talking about some of the things that we can do for self-care. Cara, you were talking about getting a steamer for your face, but I think we need to upgrade and do a mister for the bedroom. Right, for the whole room. Aromatherapy, because you know how we respond to people who smell good. Like, we'll walk up to strangers. Yes. Yes. Okay? Like, what are you... What (laughs) is that? What are you wearing? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Pheromones in high gear. It's the power of of scent Mm -hmm. to renew and restore. They bake chocolate chip cookies when you're trying to sell a house. Uh So you can walk through Uh and just... So there are lots of things, but we just have a hard time giving ourselves permission to do nothing. That's so true. That part. That's so true. As they say, stop and smell the roses. These phrases that carry us through life, they have some true meaning. I'm trying to see all of them. There's purpose behind them. That part. 
Alice, you also shared in that TikTok that I mentioned earlier, the four R's. And I love yes. this, the four R's of self-care. And we already, you can add an R because it, it, it's a round away <laughs> R. Aromatherapy would be the end of it, right? But you got rest, renew, recharge, refresh, and the extra, mm. that's my little plus, aromatherapy. How can we check that we're keeping these balanced? Okay. So restore means you've been run down for quite some time. I got clients who sit in the chair underneath the blanket on the weekend, even though the laundry needs doing and the groceries need to be done and the house is a hot mess because they literally feel like they cannot get up and do another thing. So the restoring is stay in the bed on Saturday, stay in the bed on Sunday too. Mm-hmm. Then you take that extra $10 that you got and you add that to the people who deliver your groceries to your ports so you can Hello. get some rest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I buy rest in the form of I don't do no shopping anymore. That's, uh, that's regenerative my ministry as well, friend. I'm there with you, friend. Since COVID, ain't been to Walmart since. I love it. And then I talked also sort of like about renew, Tracy, because mm-hmm. renew is when you do is right, a sister mm-hmm. feel right. That's right. 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 So sometimes it can be a, just a new, renew based on a hair appointment. Mm-hmm. Right. Or you get your nails done or your mm-hmm. eyebrows done mm-hmm. and you spend some time getting a pedicure. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are instantaneous. They don't take a lot of time. You can get your nails done and still go grocery shopping or whatever, but you take go out pick the up time. the groceries that someone else shop for. Right. <laughs> That's <part>. right. <laughs> but you take Absolutely. the time out to renew, and the renewing is just a short-term intervention. The yes. restoration, longer term, it might be a couple of days on the weekend. But this is what I sort of suggest for people with holidays. I think that all holidays are an opportunity for self-care. I don't yes. go nowhere. I see y'all all all the time. Thanksgiving, I didn't go nowhere. People begging me. Listen, I take care of people all week. Yeah. That part. I hear that. And trust, they survived without me. And I stayed in my pajamas for three days straight. Popcorn, (laughs) Netflix, Pinot Grigio. Girl, I wasn't playing. I think it's important. I think it's important to reinvent these traditions as we go throughout the years. Holidays are not as traditional. I don't even know if we're really supposed to call it Thanksgiving anymore. No. Um, Cara, no, because you know we deconstruct and everything. That part, we deconstruct it. Okay, to unlearn and relearn Thanksgiving and or Christmas and New Year's, redefine what it means for you. I love that. I love that. Just be okay with it. Yeah. Once you make your decision, stand firm in it. Establish your boundaries and stand firm in it. That's good. And stop asking everybody for everybody else's opinion. This is your life. This is your journey. Say that one more time. Hello. Your life, your journey, your choices, yes. your consequences. So some of us are insecure in that we have to check with everybody. Is it okay if I, what do you think about this? When the reality is, it's your life, beloved. Mm-hmm. It's yours. Can you that just part. trust yourself to make these kinds of decisions? When you feel tired, sit down. You did good with that. You said sit down. Now, you know, we're talking about black and brown community. So what we say is you yeah. need to get somewhere and sat down. Get <laughs> <laughs> somewhere and pay attention to yourself, though. Get somewhere and sat down. Attention to us. Yeah. I love it. And just come out of the, we, I call people hallucinate. Okay, mm. I know you're fantastic. You awesome. I'm awesome too. But we're still human. We yeah, break yeah. down. Mm-hmm. We wear out. We fall down. We don't feel good. 
And just pretending that none of those things exist doesn't regenerate, renew, mm-hmm. restore, or refresh. Stop letting people make you feel guilty. Right, right. Because you need to sit down somewhere to quote exactly. my new friend. That's that right. part. That's it. <laughs> that part. Listen, I'm loving all of it. I feel like I people, everyone who are we are setting free on this podcast, they're going to feel renewed and have that permission to I do know. what they need to do moving forward for these holidays. Thank That's you so it, much, Carl. Alice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Alice, you you have been such a joy. I'm so delighted that you guys thought what I had to say was worthy and that your work is about lifting up queens and giving queens resources through which they could use to heal because we don't have no time to not be well and healthy and strong and fit for our families. That is so true. Anyone listening, you can learn more from Alice about these topics and others on her TikTok. Just search behavioral intelligence. Thank you so much again, Alice. Yes, ma'am. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bless you all. We want to know how you're feeling about this new season of Red Table Talk. We are open to talk about anything with you all. So please send in your questions at Let's Red Table That at redtabletalk.com or... Leave us a voicemail. We want to hear your voice. Speak to us at speakpipe.com slash let's red table that. Yeah, tell us what you had to say. Don't worry about typing it. Just talk it. Go to speakpipe.com. Just talk it out. And while you're talking, we want to talk to you one more time and say thank you. Thank you. Yes, you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iHeartRadio app and please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Y'all know we want a five. We'll be back next week for another episode of Let's Red Table That. Special thanks to executive producers Jada Pinkett Smith, Fallon Jethro, and Ellen Rakuten. Thank you to our producer, Kyla Kaneru, and our associate producer, Yolanda Chow. And finally, thanks to our sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar. Hey. Let's read. Table that. Let's read. Table that. Hey, let's read. Table that. Hey, let's read. Table that. Hey. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.